you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to zobria.com. That's zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. This offer is only available to Intelligent Medicine listeners. That's zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and today we're going to talk about a subject, well, you know, it's really a subject that we just keep revisiting again and again and again because it's such a powerful paradigm. Uh, it's about a vitamin that uh, we once thought was a bit player in the vitamin pantheon. Uh, it was uh, maybe a little helpful for bones, but for not much more. Well, there's been a revolution in our understanding about vitamin D, and today we're going to talk to uh, virtually... Uh, the guru of vitamin D. He's uh, Dr. John Cannell. Uh, Dr. Cannell is founder and CEO of the Vitamin D Council, uh, which he started in 2003. And, and since then, uh, he has sparked a tremendous amount of awareness about the benefits of vitamin D, not just for bone, of course, but for so many other things. It seems to be ubiquitous in its uh, benefits and he's written 29 peer-reviewed scientific papers on vitamin D alone, 1,600 blogs. He speaks frequently across the United States on the subject. He is an MD, and uh, he's been, in the past, a general practitioner, emergency physician, and a psychiatrist. Uh, so he comes to us uh, with a wealth of experience. And so it's a pleasure to have you back again uh, with us, uh, Dr. Cannell. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. So, Thank so you. first of all, you know, before we get into uh, the benefits of vitamin D, you know, I really want to uh, address the elephant in the room, uh, which, as you know, uh, is that there's been a lot of pushback on vitamin D. You know, vitamin D is one of those things that, you know, there was a long time it was ignored, and then all of a sudden it was, uh, you know, uh, just a, a panacea kind of thing. And then uh, people started to push back against it, saying, oh, you know, it's not what it's cracked up to be. Uh, you know, its benefits are exaggerated. Uh, there can be toxicity uh, and so on. And I think we're a little bit in that uh in that uh, phase right now uh, where there's been some pushback against uh, vitamin D. In fact, you've uh, penned a, a blog recently, a couple of months ago, uh, entitled, Are Those Who Disagree With Us From the, quote, Dark Side? And you say that the dark side is at us again. Uh, in their latest assault on vitamin D, the Mayo Clinic authors, Galo et al., promote fear of a simple, safe, effective, and OTC vitamin D. So uh, uh, tell us about that, please. Well, um, there's no dark side to this. I mean, when I was, uh, as, as Shakespeare said, when I was in my salad days, it's not a great, uh, great uh, reference, but when you're young and inexperienced, you think there are conspiracies everywhere and you 
kind of do things. So when I was in my salad days, yeah, I thought it was a conspiracy, this and mm-hmm. that. But I'm 70 now, and I realize that almost all uh, the things I thought were conspiracy were simply human incompetence. Right. No, that's true, because, uh, you know, we tend to think that the forces of uh, that are arrayed against us are so organized and uh, effectively coordinated. Uh-huh. And uh, that, you know, is often not the case. They're just sort of bumbling along like the rest of us. Right. Right. I mean, the, the drug companies aren't, you know, they're not withholding anything. They just don't think there's anything to withhold. They don't think it's important. They, they don't see it as, a, uh, you know, uh, as any kind of a threat. Uh, they're just they're just not interested. I mean, that's all. So, I mean, um, um, uh, people think it's some dark side. But, you know, Ron, I've had just a revelation in the last week. For almost 15 years, I've been going, talking and going on radio interviews, et cetera, et cetera, hundreds of times. And I'm always asked, well, how does vitamin D work? I mean, you're telling me that it's involved in cancer and multiple sclerosis and dental caries and eczema and, uh, and you know, infertility, et cetera, et cetera. How's that possible? And I, you know, I tried to explain, but it's now crystal, crystal cleared me. And, and uh, it came when I was praying, but this is uh, how vitamin D works. Uh, everybody knows that DNA, right? There's stuff of life. It's your central processing unit it tells it directs the body what to do it, it controls uh, life and um, so uh, you're living right now because your dna is making what it has to make and not making what it's not supposed to make etc so well vitamin d has only one job in the human body it tells your dna what to do where to do it when to do it and when to stop them that's it and, and the DNA and is means, such an important uh, checkpoint. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, way of looking at it. And yeah. the DNA, of course, and yeah, we keep using this word, it is ubiquitous. It's everywhere and it uh-huh. controls everything. Yeah. And that's how, you know, it almost sounds like too good to be true. You know, how can some, uh, just a natural substance uh, play a role in so many areas? Well, it's really there at that choke point uh, where the DNA is expressed as uh, functional protein synthesis throughout the body, and that's why it may have so many uh, impacts. Right, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, exactly. I mean, if you, if you, you know, think about um, and understand, um, you know, DNA, uh, it's uh, just amazing. So, you know, it's amazing what it does, and it's amazing how it does it, and um, it's amazing that it, you know, does it all the time, and. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, I mean, uh, so, you know, vitamin D is not really a vitamin. I mean, it's not a vitamin. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's, you can say it's a lot of things, but it's, it's simply a messenger. It's just a messenger system. Um, it, um, it's unclear exactly, you know, where this, um, direction to the DNA comes from, but most suspect it's, uh, inherent uh, feedback, uh, um, a control system within the tissue. So in your brain, if you're getting a little depressed and your tyrosine hydroxylase uh, is, um, enzyme is not uh, kicking in, and that's a vitamin D enzyme. So something in your brain will signal the, the uh, tyrosine hydroxylase gene to upregulate tyrosine hydroxylase to increase it. So the your monoamines in your brain are increased. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a local feedback control the, the, mechanism. The catecholamines, these, these so-called feel-good yeah, uh, yeah. neurotransmitters, are, are governed uh, by that. Right. 
Yeah, and if you multiply that times maybe four or 5,000 genes all over your body, that's what's going on. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to hearken back to, again, you know, elephant in the room, uh, there's been pushback. Uh, one of the uh, stalwart foes of vitamin supplementation, uh, who is uh, a guy in New Zealand, you're well familiar with him, it's Dr. Mark Boland, no. uh, who... Uh, has written uh, what is termed a meta-analysis, and it's entitled, kind of a bland title here, The Effect of Vitamin D Supplementation on Skeletal Vascular Cancer Outcomes, a meta-analysis. Yeah. And what, he, what he's written there is basically, and, and the media has taken headlines from this, our findings suggest that vitamin D supplementation with or without calcium does not, I repeat, does not reduce skeletal or non-skeletal outcomes in individuals by more than 15%. So he's basically, you know, the effects are trivial. So, you know, all these sort of hoopla about vitamin D being good for this, that, and the other thing. What's wrong with that line of attack? Uh, well, um, I'm not sure there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I was thinking uh, about that. Um, uh, where did we all get the idea, idea that, you know, that vitamin D is just crucial for bone and that, you know, it's the DL and end ball, you know, for bone? Uh, I'm not sure where that came from, but um, uh, his main thesis that it doesn't do much for bone mineral density, I think it's true. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of falls, when you look at his uh, studies, uh, I think that's a, a potential problem because uh, um, that, that it's just the dosage, you know, dosage mm -hmm. error in terms of if you uh, assess those studies like so many others. So uh, but, he's not using know, enough uh, vitamin the, the D problem, in some of these studies? This was the problem. It was how it was reported. Yeah. See, but what he says, it doesn't look like it's very important for bone mineral density. How is it reported? It's not It was reported as it's not important for anything. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> right. So that's just a, and that's on our radar. That's just press incompetence, mm -hmm. which is rampant in vitamin D. Well, yeah, absolutely. The incompetence of the press. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, there was a re the latest attack on vitamin D, as you're well aware, uh, came against uh, one of uh, our colleagues, uh, Dr. Michael Hollick, uh, who is, uh, I guess he's yeah. up in uh, Boston uh, and has mm -hmm. uh, written extensively about vitamin D. He's a, you know, really acknowledged researcher on this subject, written uh, review articles for the New England Journal of Medicine, for example. And he is being attacked not because he's wrong. Or that vitamin D doesn't work, but because uh, they say he's made a lot of money uh, promoting vitamin D, that he's gotten grants from uh, companies that make vitamin D and from the mm -hmm. suntan industry, and therefore right. uh, his work is is suspect. What what say you? But by the way, have you vastly enriched yourself with the vitamin D uh, <laughs> on the vitamin D bandwagon? Are you uh, calling us from your mansion in Bel Air, uh, California, or yeah? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, no, not not really. <laughs> um, um, I, I uh, um, well, first, uh, Michael Holloway. Um, like many academics, successful academics, Michael has patents, and he's got all you know. He's discovered ways of testing for vitamin D. He's discovered assays. There's a whole list of things. And mm -hmm. the way, as I understand, the way the American system works, if you can do that and you discover it, then you should profit from it. So right. that's what he's done. But uh, the idea that he's done it for money and he's directed this whole movement 
is ludicrous on his face. I mean, like he, they said in that article that the uh, Endocrine Society's recommendations, uh, that Holland just told those you know, 10 other the vitamin D scientists what to say and what to think and what to do. And if you know those 10 or know of them, that's just silly. Yeah. I mean, if Holland tried that, they'd probably do the opposite. Well, you know, I mean, fr- they, frankly, they it's, have, it, yeah. it argues against the, you know, enterprise and profit motive in uh, medical discovery because, you know, as, as you well know, you know, people who win Nobel Prizes uh, are up for grants. Their laboratories are uh, funded. Uh, they themselves uh, right. receive awards. And, you know, innovation is rewarded in America. Is, is that necessarily bad? I mean, I actually, right. the amounts of money they're talking about here, he's relatively a piker compared to, uh, some of the uh, the people who make literally hundreds of millions of dollars from, say, vaccines, for example, uh, you right. know, they just make out like bandits and um, you make a few hundred thousand dollars in vitamin D advocacy. Uh, that's considered, a you know, something that undermines your credibility. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know either. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, in terms of uh, Michael's... Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, greed and avarice, uh, you know, if he has some, uh, uh, like when he does, I'm sure, so do I, so do you, so does everybody in the whole world, but I remember that to some degree or another, that they have that, uh, we have that. Uh, but, um, for example, he uh, he is really passionately involved in, in something that's, um, that people really don't know much about. And that's that, um, uh, that every year, in the United States, uh, about uh, um, a thousand families um, or so uh, are uh, 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 devastated by uh, when their infant is found with multiple fractures and they yeah. can't figure out why this infant has 20 fractures all through his body. And so, of course, they call in the child abuse experts people and they say it's the parents, they must be done it, and they charge the parents with family abuse and take the infant away. And Michael, yeah. for 10 years, has been going around saying, no, 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 this is metabolic bone disease, this is calm down, this is, you know, et cetera. And you know how much he's charged for that? For a 300 300 expert uh, uh, court appearances? I imagine not a lot. Nothing. Oh. He does it all pro bono. It's his cause to live. Even if you're Jeff Bezos and it happens to you, Michael doesn't charge you. Hmm. He doesn't charge you because hmm. he's very interested in this. So I think he's discovered something in doing it. And that, now that, that a lot of these kids do have a rickets of metabolic bone disease, but many of them have this kind of rare form of, a, of um, uh, hyper flexibility uh, disorder mm-hmm. uh, that, that is sort of unknown. People don't talk about it. They don't know anything about it. And uh, so uh, 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 that... Uh, I think that's uh, interesting, but what's, again, what's really interesting for me, of course, is that uh, he, he does it for free. In terms of the uh, timing of the of, uh, New York Times article, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Michael and I had, uh, Michael and I published a paper uh, a year ago in a very good journal about this whole issue of um, multiple fractures, and it caused a firestorm among the child abuse expert people. Mm-hmm. And they wrote in, and they threatened Elson over with a boycott and all kinds so, of stuff. And, which, and so my, my I, take on that is they, they wanted to demonstrate that it really was a, a social problem, that it was like, uh, you know, it sort of uh, empowered 
uh, the Childhood Protective Services to take these kids away. But when they found that there was a nutritional explanation, it sort of undermined their their uh, authority, that uh, their ability to intervene in these families and uh, oh, literally strip the absolutely. kids away. Yeah, yeah, they did. And anyway, uh, I, all of a sudden, it wasn't the publisher uh, contacting me about this, about responding to these letters. It was the publisher, and pretty soon it was their Elsa's legal department. Ooh. And I went back and forth. Then they, uh, the, the you know, the the, ex, the child abuse people did not want me to publish anything else, and. El Salvador decided uh, in early July, they sent me a letter saying mm-hmm. we were going to publish it. And, uh, and That's a courageous. week later, uh, a week, yeah, a week later than the New York Times uh, hit piece on Holic appear. So uh-huh. they, they, they couldn't really hit me because I, I don't have any name like Holic does. So they right. chose Michael. I mean, that's, that's what I think happened. I, again, I'm, I don't know because I don't like conspiracy theories, but well, the it, timing is hard. It could also be a reprisal. Uh, for Michael's advocacy of tanning, because he's certainly uh, flown in the face of uh, the dermatology uh, uh, industry and also the, you know, the suntan lotion industry, which is a pretty powerful lobby, you know, just using SPF formulas and, you know, hiding from the sun. There's a lot of money to be made in protecting people from sun. And he's been uh-huh. outspoken in suggesting that people yeah. get some sun and not use as much slather on as much cream. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and uh, uh, who knows? I mean, it could be, uh, it could be, uh, uh, it could be that. Uh, I, I just don't know. I mean, it just could be. Uh, it just happened at that time. Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, at, any, at any rate, it's uh, it's too bad because uh, Michael's uh, a fabulous uh, scientist and uh, intelligent medicine, a continuing free resource to you. Now back to our guest, Dr. John Cannell. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I uh, I just I think it's uh, terrible. Well, let's let's move on to to uh, you know more upbeat subjects. Uh, yeah, vitamin D. Yeah. There are a lot of skeptics out there, but let, let's talk about the the latest revelations about the benefits of vitamin D. I think one of the biggest stories that has appeared lately is the correlation between vitamin D uh, deficiency and breast cancer. Can you talk to us about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, sure. I mean. In uh, June, in early June, uh, a group of good scientists, uh, led by Professor Garland at UC San Diego, uh, published a, a good paper in an excellent journal, uh, PLOS One, that uh, basically showed that if you, women keep their blood levels above 60 nanograms per milliliter, they reduce their um, chance of developing uh, breast cancer uh, by... Uh, Eighty percent. That is, wow. um, you have if it's above sixty, you have one fifth the risk of getting it, as uh, opposed to lower. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, the paper pretty much showed that if you keep your level above seventy, it's uh, you pretty much uh, prevent breast cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the paper was just revolutionary. It wasn't reported on anywhere, really. Yeah, <laughs> anywhere. Well, you I mean, know, you've got the, all these the groups that are looking for the. I'm sorry, you've got all these groups that are searching for the cure, uh, and they're looking for high-tech uh, right. drugs, you know, immunotherapy, and, you know, right. I even see TV yeah. ads for the most expensive drugs, drugs that cost literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and they don't necessarily uh, uh, cure people, but you know, prolong survival. I think that's one right. definition of a successful yeah. drug. And in, yet vitamin D fact, is, doesn't get any press. Some of those breast cancer drugs, it's not 
a hundred thousands, it's a million a yep. year. Yep. And uh, they uh, prolong uh, the life of breast cancer patients by 30 to 40 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is, uh, they prolong their suffering and agony is what they do. Yeah. Uh, that could well be. Well, okay. Uh, so, so, you know, one, one question that comes up is, uh, you know, when you're trying to hike your vitamin D levels, and you've written a lot on this, uh, you know, the theory is that uh, paleo man, you know, spent a lot of time outdoors unclothed, you know, so we got a lot of sun and we have a natural mechanism for making vitamin D in our skin. But modern man wears clothes and we live in northern climes. So is it is it really equivalent to take vitamin D pills uh, in lieu of sunshine, some people think that, you know, uh, tanning and getting sun is a superior way of getting your vitamin D levels up. Um, yeah, I mean, well, some people think that the day on it's really not, um, you know, not too good. I mean, as a general rule, I think it's always best to, uh, to err on the side of, you know, the whatever uh, nature uh, intended. But the problem is to... Get enough vitamin D from the sun. You get casual sun exposure at lunchtime with a short sleeve shirt and a short set does not do it. Mm-hmm. It won't get your level up. It just doesn't. If you're going to do it, you have to be a paleolithic about it. You have to yeah. take your clothes off and right. walk around and look for food or lie in the sun. Now, if you do that, it doesn't take long. Thing, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes in the sun, 10 minutes on each side. Yeah, you can do it that way. But who can do that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the world can do that. Yeah, unless you're, uh, I don't know, a movie star or something. Even they have to sometimes go to the studio and, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, and uh, I'm retired. I mean, I'm 70. I live close to the beach. I could do it, but I'm just too busy to, yeah, <laughs> to do it. So. I, I hear you. Uh, and, and by the way, you mentioned sunbeds around. Yeah. What Sunbeds are the equivalent of sunbathing at the equator at about 5,000 feet of altitude. Okay. It's um, That's the old fashion low pressure sunbeds on high pressure uva stuff that's i don't do that but uh, certainly those uh old-fashioned low pressure uv beds are fine just be aware that it's not the sun you're dealing with this is the sun's angry cousin you're dealing mm-hmm. with so be careful yeah and you know i think that there really is an argument to be made that you can ex- uh uh, accelerate uh, skin aging with through overexposure to those uh, artificial rays, but uh, that that will increase your D. Um, so you've done right. uh, extensive work, really kind of uh, uh, making people more aware of the safety of high dose vitamin D supplementation, of the necessity of high dose vitamin D supplementation to achieve these levels, which we think are protective. You know, fifty, sixty, and up. Uh, in terms of levels of vitamin D. So, you know, can you uh, give us some, some statistics on that? Like, you know, say somebody shows up and they got a vitamin D of 20. Um, what's it take to get their vitamin D up to into the optimal range on, on average? You mean, uh, dosage? Dosage, yeah. 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 Uh, about anywhere from 125 to 250 micrograms a day. The dose of vitamin D is real, uh, should be familiar to doctors. It's almost identical to Synthroid, mm-hmm. which is, uh, a, which is, shouldn't, uh, confuse anyone because it's a, like thyroid, it's a, uh, you know, it's a hormone and right. it binds to similar receptors. So it's the same. And you know, when you practiced, it was what point one, two, five to maybe three point seven five a thyroid, a synthroid, right. something like that. It varied with every everybody and vitamin D is exactly the same. So can you can like, you translate to, to like I use? Can you translate to I use? Because a lot of people you still use the IU designation oh, yeah. all that they're trying to yeah. get rid of that. Yeah. The one twenty five hundred twenty five micrograms is five thousand units. Two hundred and fifty micrograms is ten thousand units. Okay. 
Got so it. your question to me is like, say, would you ask me, well, how much thyroid do I have to take if I need to take it? Uh, you know, how much? Yeah, you can't do it. You have to measure your blood level, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Same with, uh, same with vitamin D. And, and I mean, to be precise, people, people respond differently too. Or 10, yeah, that's genetical, highly genetically determined, like thyroid. So you can take, it's safe to take 5,000 units and then have your blood tested and see where you are, or 10,000 units. Because if you start, if you test on nothing, uh, you'll be low 95% of the time and then yeah. you just have to test again. If you take, um, you know, 125 or 250 micrograms a day for two months and then test, that might be the last test you need. So. Right. Right. Okay, this is a good point at which to pause because uh, our listeners know okay. we divide these podcasts into two parts. So we've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to talk about some specific applications of vitamin D to uh, immunity, uh, mm-hmm. to autoimmunity, uh, bone health, and so on. And we're going to tackle that in part two with uh, really America's uh, vitamin D guru. Uh, he's uh, founder and CEO of the Vitamin D Council. By the way, uh, give a, let's, let's give a shout out to the Vitamin D Council. Where can people get information? Um, well, the, the best way is just to go to our website. Just search uh, Vitamin D Council, um, you know, uh, one word, uh, dot org, and we're there. And uh, hopefully our um, donate button is working. I just found out yesterday that it might not have been working for the last couple of months, which might explain why we're not getting any donations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that could be part of it. Uh, but yeah, but, And by the way, let me put a word in for that because that's, a really, really important initiative. Uh, you know, this is not some huge profit-making uh, entity. This is a volunteer uh, uh, activity that can have such a profound impact on the health of Americans, and we really want to support it. So vitamindcouncil.org, uh, click on the Donate button, uh, you know, make your small uh, contribution, and uh, you'll be contributing. You'll also uh, get a wealth of information by subscribing to their newsletter. Um, when we return, more on the subject of vitamin D with Dr. John Canal. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.